Welcome back to another episode of Caps Off by the Game Day. I have no idea if you can hear us right now. They hear us? We're good. Oh, they, they can, can hear us. They can hear us. They can hear us. You know what that means? The Puka Nakua season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because audio, Puka. Yeah. I ordered us Puka shells for the record. Yeah? Yeah, I did. It's a big week. You actually talked about him last week as one of the guys you should target on the waiver wire, and he balled out this past week. It's almost like you should listen to this podcast. No yeah, like, potentially. Oh, maybe not. But you also told me to drop. Um, who? Well, you, you told me to pick up Salvana Med. No, 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 no. You know, no, who, that, I dropped? No, no, you know no. who I dropped for Salvana Med? Who? Um, Josh Kelly, who had 19 points. Yeah, that's a bad one. But you needed to you needed to play someone this week. Yeah, dude. I could have played Josh Kelly. Yeah, though. Josh Kelly's not, not add him back. He's already, he's gonna be on the <laughs> yeah, waiver wire. I'm yeah, get yeah, him yeah. back. But before we jump into it, uh, remember to go to thegameday.com for any waiver wire additions, fantasy articles, Thanks. all the best advice. So be sure to do that. You can also go to gameday.com slash promotions for any betting offers if you're into that type of stuff. Uh, But yeah, today, we're going to be doing this every Tuesday, Thursday. We've been saying this. Obviously, we had yesterday's episode, which we're recapping the Sunday slate, Mm -hmm. which was an insane day. Um, But now we got fantasy to talk about. We got a lot of questions being asked. We got waiver wires to deal with. We got a Jets offense that now looks like uh, is not a formidable type of team that you want to uh, play with so to say the least yeah man well, what were your biggest takeaways from week one in terms of fantasy i mean since we're coming off that monday night game let's talk let's let's every, start with the jets everything changes yeah because you have Brees hole uh-huh. who's actually i think is okay mm-hmm. that's fine he's gonna get his carries but garrett wilson right now like i know he had that insane catch but are we gonna rely on that every single not week? at like, all his ceiling just goes down tremendously without yep. Z- without Aaron Rodgers. You go from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. you get Garrett Wilson from last year, which was still viable, but it's not the... A lot of people thought he was going to take that Justin Jefferson leap. Can he do it without Aaron Rodgers? No. I don't think so. And no. honestly, I don't know who else you had in that offense. Like uh, Lazard maybe as like a flex potentially, mm-hmm. maybe like, I don't know, like... The offense as a whole, the points are going to go down. The ceiling on for everybody goes down except Brees Hall, maybe. Even maybe Brees Hall a I think little everyone, bit. Yeah. Because without the passing, you're going to be able to stop the run more. And I think you're going to see this Jets offense. I know we're not even talking about just football in general. We're talking fantasy. But implications are going to play into this. Like, the Jets are going to shit the bed next yep. week against Dallas. And you know, I don't know who's going to play well. Hey, shout out Dallas. They had the second most fantasy points out of anyone. Good segue. Good segue. Second most, but I do want to talk, finish up that, that Jets conversation. I think when you look at that Jets roster, what scares me the most is kind of where you drafted a lot of these guys, exactly. right? So Garrett Wilson and really Brees Hall, kind of, he might have dropped to like that fourth round, but really Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall were like those two main guys, and right? Garrett, you're getting at the top of the second. The top, not even. Some people reach for him late in the first. Right. And I've seen in keeper leagues, right, like, which is tough because if Garrett Wilson was going to have that Jettis type of, you know, performance, he's a guy you'd probably want to keep if you got him early in that oh, second. Yeah, but right yeah, now, yeah. he is not someone that you would even want to waste that keeper on. To me, when I look at Garrett Wilson, I think he's at most a low-end wide receiver one, and I yeah. put him more on the wide receiver two spectrum. I would too now. Now. With Rodgers, I, I, like, I was Rogers, buying the a high-end wide receiver one. Yeah. I was drinking all the Kool-Aid because the Kool-Aid was there to fucking drink. You saw Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams, what he did with him, and that's what you were expecting with Garrett Wilson, maybe even better. But now, yeah. Zach Wilson, like, look, the Jets won the game, but you saw what you saw from him last year. Like, yeah, yeah maybe a couple throws were okay. It, it just it kind of sucked because we all bought into the Zach Wilson, maybe maybe not everybody, but we saw him on hard knocks. He took the backseat to Rodgers. We thought, okay, he's maturing. He's going to be a little bit mm-hmm. better. I don't know, but uh, I think it was too early for him to jump back in, and uh, I saw something funny. Well, Maybe, like, getting into fantasy implications now. Like, there's no way anybody starting Zach Wilson, period, yep. right? Yep. Especially against Dallas. But yeah. um, 
well, well, fuck it. Regardless, the, the Jets just look bad. The offense looks bad. Yeah, I think you bump everyone down um, on that Jets offense. I think, you know, Dalvin Cook is, is the scariest one because I think Dalvin Cook is a guy you got in, like, that seventh, eighth round. And now Dalvin Cook might not even be – he might get into the end zone, but he is a, a RB3 kind of in that flex conversation where he could have been, like, a low-end RB2. Brees looked fantastic last night. But he's also someone that until I see what that offense looks like under Zach Wilson, because you got to keep in mind that whole offense was tailored towards Aaron Rodgers and what he did, right? Even like those little signs that he might give to Garrett Wilson, to any of these other players. So I'm definitely worried if you have any of these Jets players, you're definitely worried. But let's go to the other side of the ball. Josh Allen is a guy that had four fucking turnovers and week in and week out. This yeah. dude, it's, it's one thing because you and I were talking about this. Dak Prescott is a guy that gets a lot of shit for his INTs, but at least he's trying to make plays and it's not necessarily his fault. Right. But then you look at Josh Allen, all four of those turnovers, all four were his fault. Yeah. Reckless fucking plays. I yeah. said he was, I said yesterday on Twitter, he's more reckless with the ball than Nick Cannon is with his. And I mean that. I mean that. Tell me that's not a good line, right? Dude, I, I, that's I, going, that, right? that took me like a few seconds. It's a good one, right? Because Nick Cannon's reckless. Yeah, he is reckless. With his 45 ball. 45 kids. Yeah, with his, his balls. With his ball. No, singular ball. With his ball. Singular ball? Well, one ball is probably doing the damage. Yeah. You know? I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm looking at Josh Allen's points. Um, nine points. Well, that outperformed uh, Lamar Jackson. So, yikes. That was my quarterback. Anyways, yes, fantasy-wise, I'm not too worried about Josh, though. I think, like, yeah, we're going to get into this in a regular episode. Yeah. Like, Josh, this is a problem for Josh, clearly. And it obviously impl- impl- it impacts, that's the word, it impacts his um, fantasy performance as well. You don't want to see those kind of turnovers yep. from him. But on a week-in, week-out basis, like, Josh is going to get his, and he's going to have his rushing upside, stuff like that. The Bills versus the Jets, like, that's a tough matchup. We've mm-hmm. seen it time and time again. Like, even, like, last year, the Jets were, like, bad. Um, they were fine with the bad offense, but they weren't good, and they still gave the Bills problems. The Bills are going to outscore most teams. They're going to totally. play very well. So I think Josh is okay. Like, like he's the 23rd quarterback right now. He's yeah. not going to finish as a Yeah, of course not. He's still that top five guy. Also, if you are tuning in on TikTok – Make sure to submit some questions. If you have any questions about fantasy, oh, I love we'll questions. look at them and we'll answer it. Vinny says, hey, Matan, how's it hanging back there? Some people are saying AFC is wide open. The Browns are going to the Super Bowl. Let's not overreact. The Browns Except by saying the Super Bowl. Dolphins winning the division. That's been a confirmation thing. But, um, yeah, let's also – one other thing on the Bills that I want to talk about is James Cook. James Cook, you got him really late mm. in that maybe like anywhere from like five to seventh round in fantasy. And he looked like a guy that can be a league winner. He looked quick. He looked quick. I, and I don't want to say he looks better, like, because the, the, the usage was different. I don't want to say he looked better than Brees Hall, but just the utilization that he had, catching passes out of the backfield, some of the design runs that, that they had. I mean, James Cook could be an actual league winner. If you have James Cook, you got to be enthralled by where you got him. Obviously, all the preseason hype was on him. My other biggest takeaway from that, Bills, is that Damian Harris didn't do fucking anything. Now, granted, they didn't get into the goal line very often, but Damian Harris was relinquished to, I think, the third running back late in that um, fourth quarter for Latavius Murray. So, if you have James Cook, you should be, you know, thrilled. Stephon Diggs looked, you know, like nice. everything and more. They're, you know, that connection is going to be great. Um, Bill's offense is going to be okay, man. Yeah. They're going to be okay. Be James Cook is nice. Now, I don't know even why you brought him in the same sentence as as Brees Hall, because Brees Hall, like... Well, because I thought Brees... Brees Hall averaged 12 yards Because I thought Brees looks good, but James Cook is, is on a better offense without Zach... With Zach Wilson you. at the helm. And so with James Cook there, where you got Brees and where you got James Cook were a couple no, rounds totally different. Are, yeah, and that's yeah, why yeah, I'm yeah. saying, with James Cook, you can get very similar type of production now that you would have probably got with Brees Hall under a uh, Aaron Rodgers type of regime. 
Um, let's also go through some of the biggest performers from yesterday or Sunday, I guess we should say. I mean, let's, let's talk about my guy Tyreek. 44 and a half PPR points. I mean, Tyreek is looking like the biggest steal in fantasy this year because you got him in that mid first. And he's a guy that we know is probably going to get the same amount of targets as Jettis. Now, Jamar Chase had those targets and they didn't convert. But the difference between a Jettis target, a Tyreek target, and a Jamar Chase target is Jamar Chase's go balls. We've talked about that. Jamar Chase is That's throwing it up. Plays, it's amazing plays, but it's not scheming him open sure. as much as you might find with a Jettis who's relying on his route running. Mike McDaniel scheming Tyree Kill open. Tyree Kill has the best chance out of anyone to finish as the overall wide receiver one based off of week one. I mean, he had a hell of a performance. I mean, yeah, considering you took him in the middle of the draft, totally. But if you're going to read, let's say you could, let's say you're drafting after week one. Mm-hmm. What do you think he goes now? Because, like, Jettis probably still goes 1-1. I think he goes 2. And it's funny, too. He could too. go 2. You want to know what's crazy? That's crazy. In one, in one of my leagues, someone took Tyreek, too. Which is good Over move. Jamar, over CMC. Go yeah. get your guy. No, and, I get and it. And if it pans out, it pans out. Like, I agree with you. But I also think we can't overreact. And you, you said this yourself on mm-hmm. Sunday. Don't overreact to this Jamar Chase shit. Like, yeah. We knew they weren't going to have a good game against the Browns. We yeah. called it. We called the Browns winning mm-hmm. that game. And they just don't play well in Cleveland against the Browns. Like, everything's going to... Everything's gonna back. be okay. Everything's gonna come back to normal. It's the the you know the averages, whatever the quote is. You, yep. you you're the man uh, of quotes. Law of averages. Regression law of averages. Mean. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, that's gonna happen. You know, for lack of a better term. Proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. So another guy <laughs> that had a big week. He was 11th in uh, PPR points in, in total. Right. We're not just going for wide receivers. Is Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne's a guy that was in the doghouse with Bill Belichick last year. Mac Jones was 10th in scoring. He had 25 fantasy points. Mac played well, man. He played well. Mac. I do hate Mac, but, but Mac I give credit where credit's due. Dots. And that's a good defense they put against. It's a great defense. Through a pick six, also, not his fault. Could have thrown a little bit better, but it was a deflected pass. It was a Dak interception. I like yeah. to call those. Um, and so, like, yeah, Mac played well. Kendrick Bourne. I mean, if that's going to be his number one guy, yep. did Juju do anything yesterday? No. He was also like or third Sunday? in targets, I think. So it doesn't. I'm not even looking at it. My point is, Kendrick Bourne is a guy who, if you if he's on the waiver wire, I, he probably isn't. He was probably like a late round pick. But if he's probably. on the waiver wire, that's you that's just don't someone. know what the fucks go with that Patriots office. We talk yeah. about how fucking bad they are. But when you can see a guy getting consistently, yeah, he's on our waiver wire here mm, in our league. Mm. But you're seeing a guy getting consistently targeted like that. Um, he might be Max guy. I don't know. Look. Ranked fifth in yeah. at receivers uh-huh. after after one week. So that's in PPR. So that's pretty nice. I mean, um, they're going to be playing worse defenses than the Eagles, too. The Eagles is a good defense. Yep. They schemed against the, the Patriots well, obviously. They knew what they were going to get, and uh, Bourne still did well. What's to make of Brandon Ayuk? Now, Brandon Ayuk had 32.9 fantasy points. He went Don't crazy. That again. I wouldn't expect that, but Brandon Ayuk out of camp, people were saying, looks like another a guy willing to take Another step. Now, he yeah. broke out last year to 1,000 yards mm. and I think was one of the quietest 1,000 yards receiving. Oh, sp- for sure. Considering the transition from a Jimmy G to a Brock Purdy. But Brandon Ayuk looks like the number one target in that offense outside of CMC. And I think if you got Brandon Ayuk, I got him once uh, in one of my leagues in like the seventh round or mm-hmm. sixth round. I mean, that's a guy that right now, to me, Brandon Ayuk, even though those so many guys, so many mouths to feed is a low-end wide receiver, too. And I think could be a high-end wide receiver, too, if he replicates something similar. Because he had a lot of targets. I don't know what his exact targets were. He had eight were. targets. I'm he had at. eight targets. And like eight receptions. Eight receptions. Now, granted, it's never going to be like that, right? So let's say he gets eight targets a game, potentially. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'll get five or six receptions. Five or six receptions for, like, 60 yards, 50 yards. I mean, that's, that's a low-end wide receiver, too. And I would take yeah. that. Because if knowing 
the upside that comes with that offense because he can find the end oh zone at any God. given moment. Brandon Ayuk is a fucking, it was a steal in fantasy. He's where looking he, like one of the steals. Kinda, where, where was he going? I think his ADP was around like the fifth to sixth to seventh round, depending yeah, on who you're playing with. Like I said, I got him in the sixth in one of my leagues right. and I had to take him. The, the opportunity was too good. Um, I'm looking up Debo now. How did Debo do? I don't think he did that great. Debo had 14 I'm, points. I'm, five, okay, five receptions, 55 yards. I mean, we knew it. Ayuk is the best pure receiver on that team. The funny thing is with that offense is that we say, oh, there's too many mouths to feed, all this and mm-hmm. that. They played a good defense. Pittsburgh, a good has, defense. A, Pittsburgh has a good defense. And yep. Mike Tomlin knows how yep. to scheme against defense. Everybody got theirs, bro. Yep. McCaffrey got his. McCaffrey ran for 151. Mm. Or I think it was total 151. Yep. Um, he got his. Like, he got his points. He's he's the top five running back right now, scoring-wise for sure. Uh, Ayuk got his. He's number two. Debo still got his. That's what I'm surprised about. Like, I mean, it's still 11 points. Like, it's not bad. Obviously, it wasn't the value you probably mm. paid for him. And, but a lot of people warned you on that. If you went out going super high for Debo, you should have probably seen this coming. But the Niners' offense is going to get theirs. They did that against a good Steelers defense. And, um, look, man, like, that division isn't, after one week at least, isn't looking as daunting as we thought it was. Yeah, like, Seahawks yeah. look bad. Yep. Uh, you know, the Rams, I don't know. You're still not too worried about them. You're not worried about Puka Nakua? Puka, I love. But uh, the Rams are going to get theirs, bro. I think if you have any of these guys, like, you got to start all of them. Yeah. You got to start McCaffrey. You're going to start McCaffrey on a week-to-week basis. Uh-huh. You're going to start Ayuk on a week-to-week basis. Probably as a wide receiver, too. Yeah. Maybe as a flex if your team is really deep. And then Debo, you're going to start him. Because it's just like he's boom. Brandon Ayuk right was on my bench this week. That's crazy. In I feel a, like you got to start him now, right? Two, yes. Am I wrong? Two, in a two-flex uh, league. You I had you in a two-flex league? On a two-flex league, yeah, because I started <laughs> Zay Flowers over him. Who is another okay. guy? But yes, you are starting Brandon Ayuk right now. Let's talk about Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers led the Ravens in targets, I like and that. I think the biggest thing that we had seen with Zay Flowers is the utilization that he played all over the That's field. The He's a gadget part. guy. He was getting targeted all over the field, and it wouldn't shock me also if J.K. Dobbins now being done for the season, which Fuck R.I.P. Me. Zay Flowers gets more. What not facilitated? What's the word? Like uh, where, where you force feed Utilized. a touch? No, you force feed a touch. What's the word? You're like you're, you're uh, manufacture ma- manufacture touches, okay. right? All We're right. like right That's now. That's good. That's good. It's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Touches. So like, super take easy. Them to the He's dynamic. Yeah. So Zay Flowers is is a guy that, that right now Zay Flowers looks like the number one the oh, guy that's going to win the offensive far. rookie of the year outside of Bijan. Oh Roy, yeah, outside of Bijan. Bijan, Bijan actually maybe we talk, talk about him a little bit too. Staying on rookies, very efficient day. But Zay, yeah, I think manufactured touches is, is actually a great word. I mean, you saw them utilizing them everywhere. Yep. What do great teams, good coaches, which we know Harbaugh scheme is, and now they got uh, Tom Munkin and stuff, they scheme up the best players and yep. get touches however you got to get them. Yep. When you do that in week one with your rookie wide receiver that you took in the first round, you know that they're going to – they know who their best player is. They know who their guy is, and they're mm. going to use them for the rest of the season. This is week one for a rookie wide receiver. Yep. It takes rookie wide receivers some weeks – and for really good wide receivers, a few weeks to really get going because it's tough as a rookie, obviously. And to see Zay Flowers get his touches, no matter how he's going to get them, he was getting them in a screen pass behind the line of scrimmage, ahead of the line of scrimmage. Lamar and him, Lamar didn't look great. Lamar had like six fantasy points. Mm. Talk about a dud. Uh, worse than Josh, Josh Allen even. But he was still getting it to Zay Flowers. So I think Zay, man, that's a safe that's a safe floor as a flex play. He cur- On a week-to-week basis, I, I really, really like him. I agree. I think Zay, according to this stat by Fantasy Points, Dad, is Zay Flowers has the sixth best fantasy points per route run. Some other guys That's in there, awesome. Calvin efficiency. Ridley, Ayuk, Tyreek Hill, Chris Olave. So Zay Flowers is showing that the efficiency is there, and you could you know, you know could trust him moving forward. Munkin, um, Munkin is going to scheme him up, bro. Yep. Like, he could play a great defense. Munkin, Munkin is going to scheme him up. And, yeah, I know they play the Texans. 
whatever. Yeah. That doesn't matter because the targets are there. The targets are going to be there regardless because they're going to scheme him up. He'll be fine. I love it. Yeah, we got there's uh before we jump into it, there's some uh some questions on the live right now. Okay. Um Ojack said, would you trade Jalen Waddle and possibly running back for Ayuk or Diggs? I wouldn't. Jalen Waddle is a guy that, you know, it was weird. They Tyreek Hill had a ton of targets. Jalen Waddle's gonna be more than fine. I'd rather have Jalen Waddle over Brandon Ayuk. Oh, for um, sure. Totally. But it was Ayuk and who? It was Ayuk or Diggs. Now, obviously you would take oh, Stefan Diggs, but you're Diggs. not. No, it was Brandon Ayuk. For oh. Ayuk or Diggs. Now, I don't oh, think you're going to get that nah. ever. Um, nah. But, yeah. Some Gabe Nolan said, should I be worried and look to trade Jamar Chase after his poor performance? Absolutely nah, not. Bro. If anything, a lot of people are probably going to hit you up seeing if you're going to overreact. Don't trade Jamar Chase. If you don't have Jamar Chase, put a feeler out there. See what that owner or that manager, I should say, um, is feeling about Jamar Chase and see what it's going to take. I don't think you're going to be able to get Jamar just because I think a lot of people are like, hey, it's one week. Let's not react. The whole offense was bad. That's a fact. But, but, dude, you don't know. The same way you you seem to be overreacting. What's his name? Uh, Gabe Nolan. Gabe, you, you seem to be overreacting here. Please don't overreact. But the same way you're overreacting, there's going to be, other for other managers that don't have Jamar Chase, mm. there's going to be people like him that are overreacting, and you should try to get Jamar Chase on the low. Because they're going to think, oh, he's not worth that much. Like, hey, look, that's really... Don't be thinking like that. It's one week. They're going to bounce back. We knew this was going to happen against yep. the Browns in Cleveland. But... Put out your feelers. Like, maybe some guys are undervaluing him after one week. Yep. Let's do some more fantasy week one over reactions or just reactions of any type. Um, some guys in there, like, you you know, A.J. Brown only had 14 points. Um, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Nick Chubb, 16, should have scored a touchdown. A big one for me is Kyron Williams, the running back yeah, in L.A., the RB2 behind Cam Akers. Heading into the fourth quarter, Kyron Williams was actually leading the Rams in, tar um, in rushes. And obviously that game was kind of a blowout, so Cam Akers took over more so. He wasn't as efficient, and we have seen in a Sean McVay offense running backs, like whoever the, the I guess the bell cow, for lack of a better term, is, or whoever the guy there is kind of switches week over week. But Kyron Williams, that was the biggest surprise to me outside of like a Puka Nakua. Um, now, Puka, you saw it coming. I, well, I see, if you listen to our last Thursday episode, yes, Thanks. I did call Puka Nakua having a breakout. Um so, yeah, I, I think, you know, Kyron Williams is a big one. Let's talk Bijan also. Bijan Robinson, who had less touches than Tyler Algier. And you spent an eighth round, or excuse me, an eighth pick on this man. I'm and you're mad. telling me your former 1,000-yard rusher is going to be second in rushes? I'm not mad at it. I'll be honest, I'm not mad either. And I can tell you why. Do you want to go ahead? I can, I can tell respond? you why. Go ahead. Because at the end of the day, it's week one. Make it ha I want him to ease into it. I don't want of course. a Saquon-type workload early on. Now, granted, Saquon, when he was a rookie, went crazy. And I think Bijan still had a fantastic game. He still he had did. that reception. He had 33% target share. 33. That's crazy. Drake London didn't even have a single fucking target. So Bijan had a 33% target share? 33. Six targets, six receptions. So And a touchdown. I'm, I'm actually happy with Bijan not exploding because I think those he's going to have explosions. But... Bro. I am a little confused with Tyler Gill getting the goal line carries and not. That's not a little Bichon. annoying if you're a Bijan manager, but here's the thing. He scored 20 points. Mm. He scored 20 points. That's efficiency. Now, only 10 attempts, 10, 10 rushes, 56 yards, 5.6 yards per clip, bro. That's fucking nice. Mm -hmm. Like, Christian McCaffrey's rookie year, we knew he had explosiveness. Now, he wasn't even the, the, the type of, like, belt cow, we like to throw that term out there, that – that Bijan is because he was a little bit smaller in frame and we were a little bit worried about him in between the tackles. We know Bijan can do everything. If he got 5.6 on 10, on 10 carries, 
we know he's going to be able, like, the, the Falcons are going to be able to turn that up. It's just a matter of, of they got a level right now, and yeah. they're just pushing it slowly. But if he got 20 on 10 carries and he had six receptions, like, give him 15 and see what he does. Yep. They give him 20. They were up. They beat. They killed the Panthers. They didn't need to, to overuse them or nothing like that. They got Algier who they can use. Algier's nice, too, a couple goal line rushes. I think as the season goes on and they get into more battles where they're going to have to utilize their best players, Bijan's probably... Probably the best player on their offense. I mean, I know so, they got yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got Drake No, no, no. He is. He is. But they're going to utilize him more. And the fact that he got 20 points week one, and we've seen this in the past with teams really easing their running backs in, like Christian McCaffrey, like I yep. said, other guys like that. Derrick Henry barely touched the ball in his first, his first game when he, when he got drafted. Yeah, I'm not worried. Bijan 20 in the first game, I think that's huge. That's I massive. Think it's only going to go up. I, the, the biggest takeaway from Bijan's performance is A, the 33% target share, and B, the six receptions. Because if you're being utilized in the passing game and you're able PPR, to be, man. It, it, he's going to feast. So you got to be really happy. Some other questions pouring in from the live um, on TikTok right now. Your thoughts on Josh Jacobs. The one thing I'd say about How Josh Jacobs is obviously he was the leading rusher last year. So you can't expect that type of no, performance of again. However, regress. I would say Josh Jacobs for me would be like a buy low type of candidate because he didn't play that well. Jacoby Myers had two touchdowns. I expect a Josh McDaniels type of offense to get inside the goal line and give those touches to Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs. I'm not panicking on, jo panicking on Josh Jacobs at all. I think he's um, still someone who's a set it and forget it, especially because where you drafted him. So I'm not panicking on Josh Jacobs. Bro, 19 carries, 48 yards. It's not efficient. Disgusting. It's not it's efficient. like two yards of carry. Almost. But it, the, you look at the carries. You look at the attempts. No, I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, set it and forget it, especially because value you got him in, like, you got you to gotta play him. But this is my thing with Josh Jacobs last year, and I haven't been dynasty, and I traded him last year midseason, and he ended up having a great year. So uh -huh. I would say he bit me in the ass, but I got Derrick Henry, and I won the championship, whatever. So I was okay. But the offensive line isn't good. Yeah. Yeah, and but they, the offensive line didn't change from last year. That's the difference. You're right. Uh, but At least I depends. don't think I, it did. I don't think it did much either. But Derek Carr, like... I just don't know. That offense has always worried me. Like, I, last year he outperformed all his expectations, absolutely. He's going to regress because there's no way he matches what he did uh -huh. last year. But the same reason I was worried about him last year, and don't get me wrong, he outperformed uh, his, his ex expectations last year. I don't think he's going to outperform his expectations this year. Like, I think he's going to be okay. You should start him. I think he probably finishes as an RB2. I don't, I don't know if he's an RB1, which is why I was always worried about him. Did he go in the second round in drafts? Josh Jacobs? Yeah. Yes. And then I guess you got him, but like decent value. That's probably where he should go. I, I like I, that offense just concerns me. The offense sucks. Yeah, the offense. I just sucks. don't like the offense. I, yeah, I said the same thing last year, and yet he, you know, yeah, exactly. was the leading rusher. But so. he outperformed himself last year. I don't know if he's going to do the same thing last. Point year. Point is, don't overreact year. to Josh Jacobs. Buy low on him. Remember, submit your questions. Okay, at the end of the episode, um, we are going to answer any more questions. Also, go to thegameday.com for any betting advice, betting promos. Also, if you're looking for fantasy, obviously we're talking fantasy. We got a ton of experts. Now, we're definitely not experts, although I did tell you Puka Nakua was going to be, you, you know, the guy that you want to have. Um, but go to thegameday.com. You can find any fantasy rankings, fantasy articles, waiver wires. Make sure to, to go check that out. We got a lot of great stuff on thegameday.com, so be sure to do that. Also, as a reminder, we have our total caps off, the four of us, um, our cafeteria episode releasing tomorrow. We're going to do a lot of power rankings, yeah. um, rankings quarterbacks, uh, so be sure to look out for that. And then on Thursday, we're back at it again where we will be doing kind of more like buy lows and sell highs. I think a lot of people are going to overreact. We're not going to sit here and be like, start this guy or don't start this guy. Right. We're going to go through a lot more of, 
you know, what to do with some high-level players who are some guys you should target. So be sure to listen to that Thursday. We'll also have Scotty the King on Twitter um, coming in and talking oh, yeah. with us. And then as a reminder, if you don't get your questions answered, you can follow both of us on Twitter, TGD Tabs, the Felipe Fontes on Twitter. Submit your questions. We'll be sure to answer there. We're on there every single day. But let's, uh, let's talk week two waiver wire right now, right? Okay. Let's go into the waiver wire because I think on Tuesdays, everyone is looking into the waiver wire. I think a lot of people are going to overreact. Are there any, I have a, a list of people that I'm targeting and I think it's, it's a very similar to what a lot of people are saying. But what are some guys that you're looking at on the waiver wire being like, that's a priority for me and that's not? Because obviously you have fab and then you have just overall standings being able to add. So when, let's start with fab. Who are guys that you're saying I should actually spend a good amount of money of my fab budget on this person? Or fab on it. Free agency. Cool. Can I be a week late on it? Because you were a week early. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm on time. Yeah. Late would be next week. Yep. I mean, Cooper Cup out for the next few weeks. And I think, like, if you were hesitant on him before, obviously you saw the, just the target share. Even Tutu Atwell, good game. Mm. And so those, like, Stafford looked pretty good yesterday. The Rams are better than we thought. Yep. That Rams offense, buy some stock in it. Like, get some get some of those guys. I think you, especially if you're short on receiver, um, if you went, like, kind of like running back early in the draft and stuff like that, then you're going to be looking at some of these receivers. Uh, Puka's a big one. I really like that. And I like Kendrick Bourne, too. I know we talked about him. Yep. Uh, he was Mac's number one guy, and they played a good defense. They're going to play worse defenses going forward. Maybe that offense is a little bit better than we thought, and uh, that's why I like him as well. Puka's a big one as well. He had the most targets by a rookie in week one in NFL history. Mm. He's the only rookie wide receiver to have 10 receptions in week one during the PFF era, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. Puka's a guy at 6'2", 205, I think he is, maybe 210, that could, when Cooper Cup comes back, be a guy that still has playing time, right? He's built. And I think you, you look at the way they did, uh, they've done it over the last couple of years. They had Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson, even when Cooper Cup was out, was not the guy. Then they draft Tutu Atwell. Tutu Atwell, too small, gets blown through the fucking wind. Still had a great game, and he's going to be on my waiver wire targets. But when it comes to free agency budgets, you want to only spend that capital if you expect them to be on your roster later in the year. Puka Nakua might be one of the only receivers on this list, at least within these first couple of weeks, because of what he can do, that I think could be a guy that later on is someone you want, especially knowing that hamstring injuries with Cooper Cup could linger. So Puka Nakua is, is I, I agree, the priority add. What? what? Aaron Rodgers diagnosed with complete tear of Achilles tendon. Oh, Lord. Yikes. Oh, Lord. Fuck, oh, dude. Okay. Well, we knew that was going to happen. We knew no, that, we didn't. No, no, no. We did. We knew the Jet was going to Jet. Is that what you're... No, we knew that the Achilles... We knew the Achilles... No, nah, we didn't know the Achilles was going to be that bad. Robert Sala said it last night. They fear ruptured Achilles. The yeah. MRI is going to confirm it. But also, and I guess we'll sidebar quickly on this... A, t- a ruptured Achilles is the easiest thing to diagnose for any of these Twitter doctors because you see the calf regurgitate, and that always means a torn Achilles, and that's what happened. So, unfortunately, if you have any Jets guys, that's, that's the worry. So, so sorry. But listen to the waiver wires, I'm right? Because these, these are guys you could add. Um, a few of my priority ads that I have, at least from the quarterback position, Brock Purdy and Jordan Love. Brock Purdy was 10th in fantasy points. Jordan Love put up 23 fantasy points, Brock three Purdy touchdowns. Eight. Brock Purdy is a guy that didn't need to throw as much, obviously, because they were dominating. Dominating. I'm not going to sit here and say Brock Purdy or Jordan Love is someone that, you know, you should be starting over these guys that you probably drafted within those first 10 rounds. Like, Deshaun might have been the lowest one. But I will say with Brock or Jordan Love, what you can get away with is a good amount of points. Let's say if you can get 17 to 23 on a given week, look to trade whoever you drafted as a quarterback, right? So, for example, if you have Jalen Hurts 
and you could pick up a Brock Purdy or Jordan Love, I would add them and put feelers out there for, is anyone looking for a quarterback in Jalen Hurts? Is anyone looking for a Josh Allen? Because at the end of the day, you can get away with, you know, average quarterback performance in winning a fantasy championship. I won my fantasy league two years ago, I think it was, with Gardner fucking Minshew. You can get away with it, but I think the difference is, like, when you have those guys, you mentioned two big names, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, so much rushing upside. There could be a big difference between, you know, those top four quarterbacks. Oh, no, I agree, I agree. Hold on, let me... five through ten. Let me clarify. If you're, if you're struggling in other positions... In other positions, Right, okay. so, like, the easiest way I look at upgrading your roster is through your quarterback. That's why I'm saying that. Because you could also get a Kyler Murray who could come back later in the year who's on IR right now, and you can put him on your IR. So I'm not saying I want to trade Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, the Patrick Mahomes of the world, right. any of these guys. But what I am saying is the name value is astronomically oh. high, and therefore if you have a Jordan Love or a Brock Purdy, these guys who can perform week over week, you could get some really good return and maybe upgrade running backs, upgrade wide receivers, upgrade tight ends, which is super thin. So that's all I'm saying with the quarterbacks. Agreed. Those are two guys that I really like. Agreed. Especially because you look at what total points, what is your team going to put out, right? So if you... Go down a little bit in quarterback, but that means you're improving your Elsewhere, overall team, yep. like your receivers, your flex play, adding a little bit more depth there, then, then it makes sense. One of my favorite things to ever do in fantasy is to pull that type of move off, is to add, oh, yeah. have a quarterback and then take one of my flex guys, right? Pair them two and go reach for the stars because I think a lot of people are going to overreact to the top four quarterbacks, which would be Mahomes, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, right? Those from yeah, a name and, value and three perspective. three of those had bad games. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, don't, I, didn't, I, don't, I think Mahomes finished all right, obviously – you're probably not worried about him, but three of those guys, Hurts yep. played a bad game. Yep. Josh Allen played a bad game. Lamar had a bad game. I think he had six. Allen had nine. I don't know what Hurts had, but regardless, they all played pretty bad, and they're all going to bounce back. Maybe this isn't the week, mm. but they ball out next week, and then you could get even more value. People overreact week you, after week, I, you right? See, I, actually, I actually disagree because I think it's harder to trade guys who are coming off big weeks like, in, from this quarterback perspective, right? So, like, with Jalen Hurts having a bad fucking week, I think someone's going to know that you're probably overreacting, and I still think you can get some pretty fucking damn good so value. So, you're, you're doing reverse psychology. I'm doing reverse psychology. I I'm think, just doing psychology. Exactly, exactly. I'm reversing it on you. But that's why I think, like, that's why I think a lot of people in fantasy trades, like, they don't like making it, because at the end of the day, you want to win the trade, right? Yeah. And the only way you're going to win the trade, in my opinion, is with reverse psychology. you got to be a salesman. You know, that, so that's how I feel about Sounds it. Sounds like you're tricking yourself, bro. Not at all. Not at all. Let's go into running backs, though. Obviously, right. let, let's start with your team, the Ravens. <laughs> my team, the your Ravens. Your team. Justice Hill oh and Gus Edwards. Out of it. those two guys, which are going to be priority ads because J.K. Dobbins is out with an Achilles. Also, what the fuck is up with the injuries this year? Like, a lot. A early, lot. A early, lot early. Early, Which too. do you do you prefer? Either one of them? Do you no, want hate, to add no, bold? Do you no, take a flyer? Everything. I hate everything. Get rid of the Ravens. Okay, Take so we'll delete the, the Ravens. 30, uh, uh, 29, uh, 31 other teams. <laughs> you know, I hate it, bro. Like, last year, right? Last year, I picked up Kenyon Drake. And, like, he had a couple weeks where he did really well. You never know that. All, and now, granted, they have a new offensive coordinator, so maybe they treat it differently now. Maybe they do have a primary guy or whatever. But they just... You can't rely on any one of those guys. But that's what the Ravens do. They sign it's old annoying. fucking running backs and then have a good couple of Mark few Ingram, couple weeks. Yeah, Justin that's what Forsett. they do. That's what they do. Year after year after year. It's, yeah, so I like, look, I mean, go get one of those guys. They're going to get touches. They're going to get carries. But I just, I'm not signing someone knowing uh, that I'm going to rely on them to go be that guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because you're not going to get that. J.K. Dobbins would have been that guy if he was healthy. 
I don't think they're going to replace him with one guy. I think it's going to be running back by committee. Even if one guy goes off one week, I don't think he goes off the next week. That's yeah. what we saw last year. And so it's just a frustrating situation. I feel bad for all J.K. managers. Well, here, I'm hmm. a J.K. manager. Yeah, I was going to say, you feel bad for you. I feel bad for you. Well, I think also a lot of people are going to run to add Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. They are. I think but it's worth sh- adding short. to see. The other part to it is I would actually go and add a Kareem Hunt or a Leonard Fournette. That could be picked There's up. now two teams, specifically the Ravens and the Colts, that, are, that need running backs because Deion Jackson didn't look good. Evan Holes hurt. Yeah. So now these are two teams, and one of which is supposed to be a playoff contender. So I think a lot of people are going to run to go add those Ravens running backs. If you don't get them, I wouldn't worry. I'm going to go add a Leonard Fournette and, and Kareem Hunt and maybe give it two weeks just to see what happens. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not expecting much, but I just want to see. I want to have them as a, as a priority, potentially. Other guys, Kenneth Gainwell. Obviously, I think that. he's the number one running back that is available on the wire. I don't have him available in any of my leagues, but Kenneth Gainwell was the lead back in Philadelphia, and he's actually in a better situation than Miles Sanders won last year, and I think that's like going under the radar because Miles Sanders was playing early downs. He wasn't the third down back guy. They would bring in a Kenneth Gainwell, right? But now Kenneth Gainwell's playing all three downs. He's a guy that's catching, you know, passes out of the backfield. He's getting early down rushes. He might be in the goal line. Like the utilization Mm. from Kenneth Gainwell is something that like we haven't seen with Miles Sanders could be the biggest steal. So if it comes to fab, Kenneth Gainwell might be someone worth spending on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, I'm spending 35 of my free agency budget on him and then expecting him to be the guy because there's still four other running backs there. Well, what do you make of that situation, though? I, what I make of the Eagles situation is that I might get the, the highest, or let me rephrase, the, the most I can expect from them is a flex player. Now, Kenneth Gamble could be a low-end RB2, and he's someone that you could start, but that's not going to happen until later in the year. Now, you might get week over week, but it wouldn't shock me if Kenneth Gainwell now ends up being the guy that doesn't have the most amount of points, and then somehow Rashad Penny has a fucking week, or a DeAndre Swift has a week, right? So I'm not overreacting to Kenneth Gainwell. That's why I said, like, you have to keep in mind, if I'm spending money on, on people, I want to spend money on someone that I think is going to last the whole season. I'm not just spending to drop them in three weeks. So Kenneth Gainwell, definitely worth an ad, but... I wouldn't sit there and be like, I'm starting him next week over a fucking Javante Williams or something, right? So what about DeAndre Swift getting two touches this past week? Worries me. But I also but I also then I look at that and I'm like, should I trade for DeAndre Swift because his value could be so fucking low? But according to your reverse your psychology, you do the opposite. Well, I do the opposite with quarterbacks. Ah. You do the opposite with high end guys. So that's why I'm saying if like a Jalen Hurts goes down, if Jalen Hurts has a bad fucking game, everyone knows Jalen Hurts is still Jalen Hurts. So me trying to change Jalen Hurts, that person now thinks he's getting good value out of him. Well, I know exactly what I'm doing. But if Jalen Hurts goes off for 40, me trying to trade him, they're like, you're going to overvalue him. Some other guys, Josh Kelly, I'm sorry for making you drop him. Um, Austin Eckler is battling an injury, an ankle injury. Yeah. So he ran for 91 yards and 16 carries. He had a game. I don't think he has standalone value, but with Eckler hurt, he is a handcuff that you want. He could, you could start him easily as a low-end RB2 with him out um, with a lot of upside, actually, because, you know, I think they had like 30 carries in total. They ran the ball between him and Eckler. So that's someone I love. Roshan Johnson's my last one. And obviously, we talked about Kyron Williams earlier. Definitely add Kyron Williams. But Roshan Johnson's the last one. I don't think Roshan Johnson is going to be a, like a priority ad in some of these, these leagues, maybe in deeper ones. But Ro- Roshan Johnson, he was like the highest fantasy scorer. And granted, they were getting blown out. So someone might be like, I'm not in on it. He was the only guy there that had a consistent role. And that was the third down back. Mm. So 
I think he had he led them in targets. I think he also led them in receptions. Roshan Johnson, add him, could be the guy. Keep in mind, Khalil Herbert was drafted under an old regime, and now um, Roshan Johnson, part of this new regime with uh, Ryan Poles. So that's that's my last priority on the running Shout backs. Shout out Texas, man. Shout out Texas. And last but not least with wide receivers, I'm curious to know your thoughts. I got Puka on there. I got Tutu Atwell. I prefer Puka way more. Um, then I look at a Jonathan Mingo, Jaden Reed, Rashad Bateman, Rasheed Rice, Zay Jones. All guys that should have been already picked up and are probably not available. Now, none of those guys besides, I would say, a Rasheed Rice or a Zay Jones, obviously Puka and Tutu Adeldo, but those last few guys, had an amazing day. So these are guys that could still be available, but we're seeing the usage, the utilization, the target share, the route participation, all those things. Route participation. I mean, I'm spinning right now. You are. I mean, so, I like uh, those are those are decent ads. You mentioned Rasheed Rice. Shout out Dallas. Shout out Texas. Uh, and Texas, and you know, and everything in between. But uh, I guess like yeah, Travis Kelsey is gonna come back, so you know he's gonna be that guy. But nobody really stood out, and Rasheed Rice obviously had the best day out of any Chiefs targets. Uh-huh. I wonder if he's only gonna get better. That was the first game, just kind of like we said with the other guys, A Flowers and all that. Rasheed might be that guy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but these guys are worth at least taking a shot on. You're probably not gonna start them this upcoming week, um, but you might eventually, uh, especially like with injuries, you never know about that. One guy that's on the, at least on, on this waiver here in one of my home leagues that I auto-drafted on RIP, Curtis Samuel. Mm. And Curtis Samuel had a pretty good game this past week. Um, he got targeted five times, which is nice. Um, you got to care. You know, they utilize him in different ways, kind of yeah. like DJ Moore. But I think, like, that's a guy to keep an eye on. Last year, he was a flex, like, many weeks. He was flex viable for... for a lot of weeks, a lot of games. And so that's just a guy, like, potentially, you don't know what that Washington offense, they were weird yesterday or Sunday against Arizona. They could play better. We expect them to play better. Sam Howell, we don't know. Yep. If they that offense overperforms, then Curtis Hamill could be a guy that uh, is probably worth going after. I like it. Um, before we jump in and, be, and wrap up and do, like, a rapid fire of last-minute questions, tight ends. Obviously, it's a fucking shit show over there, right? You got... Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, who played hurt. Um, there's a lot of injuries. So you might need to stack up on tight ends on the bench. I got literally two fucking rookies on my bench with Tyler Higby just because I think the tight end position is such a lawless land. Um, two guys, I've been saying Luke Musgrave. He had, wasn't the sexiest game, but got targets. The other is Sam Laparta. Had a La fucking Parta. good game. Um, oh, yeah. Shout out rookie tight ends. Shout out rookie tight ends. They had good, they had good week one. Yeah. Um, now let's just answer a few questions, um, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, do I pick up Hunter Henry or Hayden Hurst to replace a tight end? I mean, it depends who you're replacing. Yeah. I think I go Hayden Hurst. Oh, oh, it's one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Do I pick up Hunter Henry or Hayden Hurst to oh, replace a tight end? Oh, I go Hayden oh. Hurst just because I still, I don't know what to make of the, that, you know, entire skill position in New England. Um, I don't want to get bought. I don't want to buy into Hunter Henry as much. Hayden Hurst is a guy that looked pretty good. Um, in Carolina, so I would go. I would go Hayden Hurst personally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Panthers just look fucking terrible. Yeah, that's a tough situation. I mean, maybe there's another guy there, but yeah, I probably rock with you too, Hayden Hurst. Um, it just feels like a security blanket, and maybe he pans out. Yep. Um, and then last but not least, do you think Tutu Owl is good next week? Um, against who? I don't know. Let's find out who the Rams. Oh, I got it. Let me. I think Tutu Owl is worth. Like, I wouldn't start San him. Fran. San Fran mm. could be a shootout. Tough defense. I'm not starting him yet. The only person I'd start is probably Puka Nakua if you need to. But I'm still stashing both of them. I need to see it, right? I'm not going to overreact to week one. There were a lot of things, a lot of good things that we saw from Puka. Um, 
So Puka would be the only one. I'm not going to start Tutu Atwell just yet over some guys. Um, and then um, I think that'll that'll kind of wrap up the fantasy episode. Remember, yeah, man, we're going to do this again Thursday. We have Scotty the King, Twitter legend. Hell yeah. Coming in, and we're going to do some buy low, sell highs. That's going to be the whole episode, right? It's people to target, people to sell. Um, also, make sure to go to thegameday.com for all your fantasy advice, fantasy rankings, waiver wires, any other articles you want on fantasy. Make sure to go to thegameday.com. You're going to find it all. And then again, we're going to be recording our cafeteria episode. So that'll come out tomorrow, I believe, at 9 a.m., maybe earlier. Yeah, earlier. Um, earlier. earlier. Um, and then Thursday, and then Friday, we have our predictions episode. So ca- caps off. You got a Monday through Friday slate of content coming at, coming at you. Um, so be sure to tune in. And then also Sunday, our, our watch-alongs we do, Dude, uh, which is so a lot of fun. Content, there's so much content, man. Uh, so we'll do a Sunday watch-along during the games if you're into that, and we just love to fuck around and talk shit. We do a pregame show. And then I forgot to mention Thursday night. Before mm-hmm. Thursday Night Football, we're going to do a little bit of a, a TikTok live. So Sweet. Uh, talk some football. But, oh, yeah, man. Um, Hang around hey, with us. Hey, where can I find you on Twitter to, to talk to you? The Felipe Fontes. You can find me there anywhere. Yeah. Same handle. And then TGD Tabs on Twitter. Come follow both of us. Ask any of your fantasy questions. You're going to find anything. Um, so be sure to ask us there. We could probably answer it a lot better and more in depth. Yo, and if you like these fantasy episodes, make sure to leave us a review Good on whatever, whatever podcast platform you use. You're an Apple guy. I'm, I'm a Spotify guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot more ratings on Spotify than Apple. So, so we got to balance it out. We got to balance it out. Go yeah. give us a rating okay. and, uh, you know, we're going to get better yep. for that. All right. Well, remember, we'll see you tomorrow. And, um, hey, good luck, to, uh, good luck with your waiver wires tonight. Bye. The Caps Off Podcast is brought to you by The Game Day. Starring Adam Tabachnik, Felipe Fontes, Jack Perotti, and Matan Mann. Producers Ben Wolfen and Matan Mann. Don't forget to check out our social at Caps Off Pod on Instagram and at Caps Off Podcast on TikTok. And go to thegameday.com for all the best sportsbook offers. Caps Off.